Hello everyone and welcome along to Northumberland FA podcast from the sidelines with me Gary Middleton and special guest today, um, UEFA Pro Licence holder uh, and former Dynamo Breast First Team coach, uh, Peter Lieben. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning, Peter. No problem, Gary. Thank you for having us. Uh, we're going to discuss uh, coaching cultures today. Uh, Peter, you had a really successful playing career with the likes of Rangers, Kilmarnock, Milton Keynes, Dons, Oxford United. Um, was coaching a natural progression for you once you'd uh, hung up the boots? Uh, mine's looking a little bit different, Gary, because I knew my career would have to... I wouldn't have lasted the full, as you say, 35 because of the, I had the, a consistent knee problem. Right. At 17. Uh, Rangers, I was out for two years. I'd done my cruciate meniscus, the cartilage, and the bone, and I developed osteoarthritis. So it was later on, around about 27, I started to feel it, the knee really, yeah. really affecting me, especially at Oxford United, where I would just play games. I wouldn't even train. Right. Uh, uh, so just to try and get the swelling down every week. And it got to about 28, 29, I thought, this could be it. You know, and I just thought, right, what am I going to do next? I had no qualifications from school, really. I thought football's all I know. Uh, so I went into that. I started to do my, my B licence. Uh, just before I kind of, the year before I retired from football at 29. Yeah, and you, you went to Middlesbrough Academy before heading back up to Scotland to coach at Kilmarnock. Uh, how was that experience back up home in, in, in Scotland? I got I got lucky. I came back up to the North East because the, the wife's from the North East and I came up and I played part-time because, you know, I obviously still loved football, but I couldn't have the demands of full-time football. Yeah. And I played for a team called Jarrow Ruffin just in, yeah, the, yeah. in the Northern League and I'd done a bit of coaching in there just to get, you know, just to get a feeling of what, what I'd be like as a coach. And mm-hmm. uh, there was an article in the paper and it was, a little bit on Sky News that ex football league player playing in the Northern League, you know, and then Middlesbrough called me up mm-hmm. and they seen it and, and invited me in. And it's probably the best education I've ever had coaching under 14s kids at Middlesbrough. Yeah. You know, I, I, any ex player thinking they can go straight to the top, like for me, nah, I think you need to go and learn your roots, you know, you need to go down and, and work with the kids first. And that was, it was so refreshing and so it opened my eyes to coaching you know I had all these ideas mm. in my head as a coach but I was trying to get them out you know and they and they yeah. helped me so much with, with Dave Parnaby and stuff like that there and it was, it was a great academy to learn uh, and I was gutted I left I was there for a year uh, and I got the call uh, to go and be assistant manager of Kilmarnock in the Scottish Premier League now at 29 years 30 years of age I couldn't really turn that down, Gary. You know, you know, yeah. I, I was only part time at Middlesbrough, and I remember asking Dave, "Is there any opportunities to go full time?" Mm-hmm. And he said, "Peter, I, I've not got nothing now for you," mm-hmm. and I and I just needed that more consistent like in training and stuff. And yeah, it was it was an amazing experience, and I I'm glad I done that year at Middlesbrough. There have been some great. You, you mentioned Dave Barnaby there. There have been some great stuff to, for you to learn off as as a as a young coach trying to to learn your trade. Yeah, there was loads there. Uh, they just they just had that, and everything they done was 
fit into the way I wanted to play football. You know, they wanted to play from the yeah. back and express themselves and don't worry about making mistakes as a player, as a coach. And then they, they installed it into me. Peter, you've got to learn as well. It's not just you're teaching the kids, but you've got to learn it. And they would video me and how right. I how yeah. I spoke to the kids and how what I was like in sessions. And now I've got to reflect on myself, you know. So it was yeah. for that for that year. It was fantastic. It was mm. really good. And then you've you've gone up back into Scotland, uh, and as you say, 30, 30 year old. Uh, Coaching the seniors at Killy, what would yep. you say your takeaways were within that experience? I wasn't ready. Right, right. At, and what at, the, time you, Peter? Thought, at that time, I thought I was ready. I didn't realise yeah. I wasn't ready until I came away from it, Gary. Right. And sitting here now, coached abroad, thinking I wasn't ready. You know, I still had that, maybe I'm still a player in my head, you know, and... Yeah, I think I did a good job. Could have done better, one hundred percent. But I just didn't think I was ready to take that step at that time. I think I, I would have loved another year or two in Middlesbrough Academy. Mm. You know what I know now. And and do you think that was just down that you you hadn't probably had enough years experience of that coaching, that grounding as such before you go back into the into the senior game. Maybe because a lot of the, a lot of the players at Kilmarnock I played with and were yeah my, they were my age yeah Chris Boyd Stevie Smith Chris Burke they were all my age I grew up with them at Rangers mm. and I found that like how do I tell people that I've played with what to do you know it was easier for me to tell yeah, kids yeah. but it was yeah. to tell to tell players who have been international players who I've played with who are friends how do I shout at them how you know. Mm-hmm. So it was it was that I found that a little bit difficult at that age. And how did you overcome that then, Peter, or did you not? Uh no, I did. Obviously, I would it's for me coaching is about man management, finding who what what how you can treat people, how you can speak to people, you know. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I could say to Chris Boyd, hey, come on, if you want to do a little, if you want to do a little bit extra, I'm here for you if you need me. Or if I say a young striker, come on, you're coming to work with me. You know, it's just finding that balance. Yeah. How to speak to people and how to, how to, in different ways, you know, that man management yeah. style. Yeah. Yeah. In 2018, Peter, yeah, you went to Dynamo Brest in Belarus yeah. to coach in their academy as well as take on their B team. Yeah. How, how did that come about, Peter? Uh so I had two and a half years at Kilmarnock. Uh, yeah. As I said, enjoyed it, loved it. And I said, right, what's the next step? I've always been that way. I want to try something. I don't want to have regrets. I want to, don't want to get to 50, 60 and think, why did I not try? You know, when I was mm-hmm. playing in Scotland, I always wanted to try and play in England. And it just had that, I had that feeling, right, I want to get to the top. There's a lot of foreign managers coming to the English Premier League. I want to go and see what they're doing abroad mm-hmm. I want to go and do mm-hmm. something different I want to have something different on my CV yeah uh, so I spoke to the missus uh, spoke to a UK agent who had a, a Ukraine uh, friend who's an agent Yuri uh, and he said Peter I've got a a team who are looking for a foreign coach British coach would be perfect uh, to help run the B team and oversee the academy 
So obviously, that little bit of fear, you know, you think, wow, I'm going to a place I don't even know, I've never been. Mm-hmm. Uh, so far in the East, I thought, do you know what? If I go six months, I don't like it, I can always come back and say, do you know what? I gave it a try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I went there, obviously the first month or two is difficult, you know, away for the family, away for the daughter. Uh, and if that thing is, you know, Gary, when we go abroad as British people, we expect everybody to speak English. It's just yeah. that, I think we're just that, that arrogant way, you know, we, we, go yeah, yeah. we go to Spain and people will speak English, like the, the, the locals that you'll get by, you know, Germany, mm-hmm. people will speak. In Belarus, nobody really spoke English. Right. And I was thinking, why? And I'm thinking, Peter, hold on a minute, you're in their country, Peter. Yeah. So I need to try and adapt. So that was that was difficult to start with. And obviously the, the food in the supermarkets and just the little things that you, it's, it's taking you out your comfort zone. You take for granted, Peter. Ah, you take yeah, for granted, don't you? Yeah, taking out your comfort zone and coming in watching TVs, just the little things. That, yes, we've got internet now and stuff we can watch, but just the little things. It's, it was uncomfortable to start. Are you there? Yeah, yeah, got you, Peter. Uh, so just that two year, the first two months were difficult, you know, uh, but there was two Spanish coaches there, uh, Czech Republic coach, and I had an interpreter, so right. which, which helped at the start. Yeah, yeah. When we talk about cultures, Peter, I mean, that must have been, first of all, where's Bel- for people listening, where's Belarus and how is it bordered? It's to the, to the if you look to the east of Poland, it's on the, the Polish border. Right. To the north, to the north, you've got uh, Russia. To the to the south, you've got Ukraine. Right. So it's like it's landlocked between the three of them. And to the north west, you've you think you've got maybe Lithuania, Latvia, maybe can't remember. But yeah, Russia yeah. mostly yeah. on the right, Ukraine on the south, and Poland on the left. And you touched on it a little bit there, that, you know, no one was speaking English. How did you, how did you buy into their culture? Uh, But then how did they, as a coach, how did they sort of buy in with your philosophies and the way you wanted to play football uh, from from a British coach in Belarus? I think the thing, they obviously, they're, they're like, wow, British English Premier League's the best right. league in the world. So they're, they're, they're full of questions and they're so excited that you're there, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. But then they've also got this, some people have got this British uh, long ball, you know, the old days, long ball, high balls, yeah, yeah. fighting. and But you've got to, you've, you, you can't go in gung-ho. I want to change this, 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 this. They're just like, no. So you need to kind of drip feed, drip feed it in little, little by little. You know, with two Spanish yeah, yeah. there already who started to implement their way, which was kind of the same way as mine we were playing football, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, they worked in the lower age groups, David and Armitje. Uh But it, it just took time. As I said, like, I couldn't go in gung-ho and say we're changing it all because I need to, I, I had to... Uh, we had to put a plan together because they would just turn up to training. 
and they would they would have no philosophy, there would no curriculum what they were doing. So we put it in this week. We're doing passing, receiving, offering support this week. We're doing attacking this week. We're doing defending. Just have a structure, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then little by little, I would give out like individual because we never the computer system like the PMA at yeah. Middlesbrough. So I'd do it on paper. Right. Did like a, I even paid it on my own back, daily diaries. Yeah. I went to a printing shop with a translator and I got like, what did I have? 50, 60 diaries. And, and I, I done it on the computer and they printed it and it was like, what you have for school, dinner, uh, how you feeling at training, how, what do I need to work on? How do I need to get better at? What, what was good tonight? And then every, Every week, I'd pull four or five players in and just sit with the translator, and they would they would tell me how they're feeling and what they need to work on. So I was just getting that, just building up slowly because mm-hmm. they they'd, they'd nothing, Gary. They'd not mm-hmm. even yeah. It was it was. They got to the stage they didn't even have like little things like the same kits. Do you know right. that, that yeah, little yeah. thing yeah. and the balls because the balls are always nasty tough. The balls are black. I'm thinking yeah. we just need yeah. a little bit tidy up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did you in, did you implement that, Pete? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I've done everything yeah. as, as, and, as much as I could. Yeah. And, and did everything come through the translator? I'm thinking of how you communicated your messages in practices and in games to the players, because so that's I, obviously. Yeah. So I would sit with the the coaches. Yeah. Because I always seen most of it. I sat with the coaches during the week and says, "This is a, this is what I want." And this is this is this is what we're going to do this week, and maybe like an hour before training, we'll go on the pitch and we'd show the coaches. So I'm kind of teaching the coaches what to do. Yeah. Uh, and these are the buzzwords, you know. Mm-hmm. Check your shoulders, back foot receiving, uh, round the corner. Can we get these little buzzwords in? You know, scanning. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And if I didn't, yes, I would. I would step in sometimes with the translator. Uh, and say I want this, and he would help me. Obviously, translate. He would. He was. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was my shadow. He was my shadow for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I needed him, yeah. Peter, when we're, what were the cultural changes in Belarus? What did you have to deal with then? Uh, I just didn't realize they didn't realize what a life they could have in football. Right. They don't. They don't get it as much as we get it. Like we live and breathe over here, you know. Yeah. It was just like I thought the coaches were like, they'll come five minutes before, and they'll leave two minutes at the end. Right. Where I where I like to be, we're here an hour before, and we're here an hour after. Anybody mm-hmm. wants extra training, then we debrief after after uh, the session. How did it go? How we do you know? But they were, mm-hmm. and if I said put a cone there. They would put it there, and they they wouldn't. I would try to get the coaches to think for themselves. You know, hey, this is only my idea. If you want to change a little bit, be adventurous, be creative. No problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're not robots. If you see something different, run with it. You know. Yeah. But they were quite regimental, quite Soviet old school. You know. Right. Yeah. He's the boss, and we need to listen to him. I'm like, no, it's not. It doesn't work that way. It's. If you have a feeling, if you want to make the box a little bit bigger, if you think, or a little bit smaller, if the teams are playing really good, make it tighter. Yes, I might have gave you a, doing a, I don't know, a possession by 25 by 30. 
But if you think they're, they're doing great today, bring it in smaller and challenge yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. But they're like, no, 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 if you've told me that, and they, no, no, that's, <laughs> you know. Uh, it's, I suppose from your point of view, Peter, what you're, what you're saying there and how, how you educated the, the coaches, uh, that must have been a real challenge for you as well at the time. Yeah, yeah, because I never had a clue I was going to be able to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just thought Absolutely. I was going to take a team, but it's just adapting, isn't it, Gary? You know, mm, football, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to adapt and, and, and roll with it, you know, yeah. and just learn, learn on the job. But yeah, that's, yeah. The kind of, that's the kind of way. Yes, I've had a, a decent career and I know what professional football should be like, you know, so I just kind of tried to implement what I thought was right, you know. Yes, mm. I probably made mistakes, but they probably never knew that, Gary. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, Peter, you, you ended up um, as first team coach under Marcel Licker. How how did that come about? So, before I went there, they said, Listen, you'll be in the first team soon. They wanted me in the first team to start with, but they'd already had uh, a manager, and Marcel was assistant at the time. Uh, right. And obviously, I met Marcel in, in the city, he spoke English. Uh, and then I was away in a tournament. It was five months into me being the B team manager in the academy, uh, and he called me. He said, "Peter, the manager's just been sacked because he lost four zero on the Europa League first first game away. Right. Uh, can you come and help me, Peter?" I said, "No problem." So I got the jumped in the train from Minsk to back to Brest. Uh, and my first game in charge was the second leg in the Europa League. Uh, I'm a full, full mile down. I was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> and he said, <laughs> he said to me, what do you want to do? I says, what do you mean? He says, well, what do you think? I says, well, I never really watched your first first game because I was busy with the, the academy kind of thing because it was away. And I says, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to attack and try and win 5-4 and get through? Or do you just want to win 1-0, 2-1? And it looks a lot better for you if you want the job. And he says, no, I think we should just win the game. Okay, I says, okay, no problem. I says, so we set up quite, because they were good. It was uh, a Paul and Lissamal. Uh, so we set up quite defensive, 4-4-1-1, four, four, one, one, uh, trying to break on the counter-attack. So we worked on all week, try to be compact, two banks of four, try to break fast. Uh, and then... Two minutes before we went out for the game, the presidents came in and says, I'll give you a big, massive bonus if you can win the night. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, go through, Gary, not just one on the night. Right, right. To, yeah. win, to score five. Right. Uh, I'm no thinking, we've just, worked, yeah, we've just worked all week on being compact. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to have my fullback bombing up the wing the first two minutes. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, no, I'm sure Marcel turned to stick to the game plan. So we won one now. Uh, which was good, uh, yeah. But obviously, we went out on the night. But to turn it around from four 0 to one 0 and two legs was was decent for us. And um, we kept, Absolutely. yeah, we kept it the job to the end of the season. I think we had six, seven games left. I think we won five, lost one, drawn one, and then we kept the the job for next season. Uh, and we won the league for the first time in the club's history because Batty Borisov were going for fourteen titles in a row. Right. Because they've, they've played in Europa League before in Champions League against Arsenal and Chelsea. They were the big team mm-hmm. then. Uh, and we lost one game all season in all competitions. 
following you. And you ended up, am I right in saying you ended up in the Champions League? Yeah, the, the qualifications. Qualification rounds, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And who did you play? Who did you play in that, Peter? I just left. I left after that. We won the league. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we won the league. Uh, and the strange enough, they got rid of me, Marcel, for some reason. Right. But but we got them to the Champions League qualifications. Yeah. Uh, and what what was the standard like of that the Belarus Premier League, Peter, in comparison with leagues in England? Uh, I would go top League One, bottom Championship. Right. I was a bit of time. Yeah. With yeah. These, we had a lot of international players. Uh, from Ghana, with a Portuguese centre-back, with uh, Artem Malevsky, ex-Dinamo Kiev, Ukraine international player. He was cut, getting to his old, you know what I mean, end of his career, yeah. build quality. Sergei Kis Kisliak played Russian Premier League, Belarus national team. So we had about nine, ten internationals, Gary. So they were yeah. good quality, to be fair. We could probably, yeah, bottom champ, easy. And I suppose from a personal point of view, how was that experience for you working at that with that level of player coming from the B team, the academy, to actually working with players from the uh, nas from national league teams? You know, obviously the first, you know, you're obviously a little bit nervous going in, you know, but you know, you know what players do? They Google you, so they they start to, oh, you played here, you played, did you, did you, you know, and this, you feel yeah, yeah. at ease, you know what I mean? Because you've came from yeah. UK, which. It's the best league in the world, England, you know what I mean? And they think, you know, Beckham. And, Do you know David Beckham? No, I don't know David Beckham. You know, it's just that. <laughs> but they've got that instant respect a little bit because of where you come from and you're the next player. You know, when I join in a little yeah. bit in training, they think, wow, he's not bad. Uh, so they've got that kind of little bit of respect. As I said, it's about man management. Yeah. Artem Malevsky, yeah. who, who played in Ukraine for World Cup, you know, it's how do you deal with him? You know, who likes a drink? You know, you've just got to man manage him. If he's giving you good results on the pitch, can you just give him a little bit of slack somewhere, you know? Peter, mm. mm. you ended up back with Marcel Licker um, at Orenburg in Russia. What were the cultural challenges <laughs> like in Russia compared to Belarus? Very similar. Same language. Uh, the only difference in Russia was a travelling. Uh, the setup was a little bit better in terms of uh, the infrastructure of the stadium, but they never done academy, which I found mm. very strange. In Russia, they only have about three or four academies. Zenit, Spartak Moscow, uh, Krasnodar, I think one other. They, they have a system where they, they just seem to buy. Right. Just seem to buy players that we had no players from Orenburg and our team from the city, no academy players, which I found incredible. And I said to them, Listen, I can put a structure together, what I did in Dynamo Brest, and I can, I can sit with your academy manager and speak how to start pro help produce some players, and they were not interested. Mm. Not interested, Gary, one bit. And I was thought, well, what? He's thinking the size of Russia, they should be a big force in world football. Because mm -hmm. it's the number one sport, obviously, ice hockey's big as well, but they should be up there. But obviously, they're not. They're not interested in producing 
players for the academy. So rec recruitment was just pulling players in from different parts of the it was of the country. Yeah, I, I honestly I scratched my eyes to go. It was like they were signing players off in Staten White Scout, and I'm thinking I could give you my clips, and I still look a good player even on I'm 39. <laughs> but you need to go and watch these players live. You need to go on a you need to get a recruitment team together because you just spend money all over the place and then they think, oh, he's not good enough, pay him up after a year. So you need to put recruitment people all over Russia and Poland and Belarus working for the club. But they didn't want to do that. Mm. That was too much. It was too, too hard work for them. They just wanted to sign players through agents and through Instant Wise Scout. So, Peter, was your, your communication with players and staff uh, at Orenburg similar to the challenges that you had in Belarus? Uh, it was more of a younger team in Orenburg. Uh, a little bit different. When it, the, the owner at Belarus was very demanding, like very demanding because it was his private company. It was He owned it. In right. uh, Orenburg, it was uh, owned by Gazprom. So it was a big company. The Orenburg are obviously sister company to Zenit St. Petersburg. Uh, so it's not just like one man's money. It's a company. Uh, yep. So Okay, they, they did want to get promotion because they're in the championship. Uh, but no, it was a younger team. Uh, and it was more of a longevity. Can, can we get these these players into the Premier League? And then sell them on. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas in Belarus, it was like you need to win the league, and that is it. Right. The pressure was on from preseason. Yeah. And in, in Belarus, but in Orenburg, it was a lot bit more, a lot bit more relaxed. I would say, a lot mm -hmm. bit more relaxed. But the travelling Gary was incredible. We had a match. We played at uh, Habarovsk. We flew two hours to Moscow, and then an eight-hour flight. Blooming heck! Yeah, it is incredible. And then you would come back after the game, would you? No, we'd stay the night. You'd stop the night. Yeah, and then come and back. come back again. the following day. But the wow. Easy, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that would have been challenging for for yourselves as staff uh, and how you manage that group as well, wouldn't it? You just need to factor in everything. Like, the time difference as well. You're going, for, you're going for, I think, two time zones. Right. So it was like... Right. Having dinner at, at at midnight and it was it was crazy. We tried to stay on Orenburg time as much as we could, mm. uh, but it was difficult, you know. Yeah. Uh, and that team Habarovsk got a very good home record because everybody's got to travel at least minimum seven hours yeah. to get. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Peter, how how different uh, have these rules been for you? Uh, had to adapt to be the best coach that you can be under the circumstances. It's been it's been difficult. I'm not gonna lie, cause you yeah, it was if I was putting out fires left, right, and center. Because I just wish I could take the people in Russia and Belarus to come over here and see how mm. how it works. Yeah, you know. And I, as I said to you, like I'm, I was trying to build a recruitment team to try and save the club money and stuff, and they, they didn't get it. And uh, just try to even get to like like lunch better for the for the players it was just the same stuff and i was trying to tell the, the chef to turn the page and just try and do something different just to mm -hmm. just to make it a little bit more professional and but it, it was difficult at times but as i said i couldn't change it all because 
they ended up just thinking, this guy's just moaning all the time. But they didn't understand that I just wanted the best for the club and the players. Like, even one yeah. I asked the the kit man, says, can we clean the balls? And it says, not a bug. Can we clean the balls? Because our pitch was astroturf. And you know the black pellets make the balls black? Yeah. On the, on the, I said, can yeah, we get, yeah. get them cleaned? He went, no, we can't. He says, why? He went, you just can't get them off. So I went and got a bottle of water and I pulled it on and rubbed it in my T-shirt. And I went, look, it's come off. They were just, they just didn't want to do it, do you know? Mm. So the next yeah. morning I get in at half eight and I went and got a bottle, of, I got a bucket of water and some some washing up liquid and I got a, a scrubber and I'm sitting in the stand outside scrubbing the balls. And the sports directors come in and say, what are you doing? He says, uh, I said, I'm cleaning the balls. He went, why? I mean, because it looks better. Look, I've done five already. Look how much cleaner and professional that looks than just a black ball. He went, where is the kit man? I said, I don't know. So he, he brought the kit man out and found him. Find him money. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not doing it for him to get fined. So I ended, I ended up having to pay the... I, I didn't want the kit man because he's not on a lot of money and he was nearly in tears. So I said, as much did they find me? And it was like £100. I says, right, don't tell anybody there's £100. Because he took out his bank. He says, there's £100. See, I'm not doing it for you to get any trouble. I'm doing it for... I want the players to feel good when they walk out and see brand... It's like brand new white balls. I said, that's what I was trying to explain to you. Not to get you into trouble. He's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. But they just don't... I don't know. Even like the cones were broke and stuff and the bibs were ripped. I'm thinking, it just doesn't look good. Mm. A professional football team going to the Premier League in Russia. And it, just little things like that. It just... It just it, it can it can be fixed. It was just laziness. Gary. Yeah, yeah. So that was the, the, the little things I was fighting with. <laughs> Put notes by us, Peter. <laughs> um, Peter Maradona. Yeah. Was your chairman? In Be- Belarus. Uh, Belarus. Belarus. Yeah. How, how, how was that? When I read that, I thought that that's a question that I need to ask Peter. He 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 flew in. <laughs> to Brest and then he got paraded in the street and it was like the King of Queen going through London you know and all the, everybody's in the streets it was absolutely manic he was on top of this Hummer you probably get the images online this, this huge Hummer tank thing and he's, he's sitting out the, the sunroof waving at everybody and the streets were sh- honestly packed he was there for about a month Gary and, right. then, he dis- and then he disappeared did he, have much, did he have much interaction with yourself? Uh, he, he, joined, he came in and stuff and then helped join in and take a bit of shooting and stuff, but he just loved football. You knew his passion was crazy about football. He just loved the ball and loved to be on the pitch. But I don't know, he, he, he stayed for a month and then he went back to Dubai where he was, he was living, I think, and then we never seen much of him, never seen him again. Mm. But just to have that few times... Being on the pitch with him, you know, and he, he's speaking Spanish through the translator and telling us right. how he thinks football should be played and everything must be with the ball. Like every training session, everybody must have a ball, touching the ball, and it was just it was it was great to have, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the experiences you've had in in Belarus, Russia. Uh, Coaching teams in the Europa League. Uh, not many, not many coaches out there have that on their CV. Um, that must give you a lot of pride in what you've done and your experiences. Yeah, that you've I've gained. Won, yeah, whatever. I think I've won five trophies in four years. I've won the league Belarus 
back-to-back promotions with, with Orenburg. We got promotion two years ago, but they kept us down because the stadium wasn't big enough. Again, for me, yeah. going crazy. Why didn't you know the stadium wasn't big enough before we went up? Yeah, yeah. And then to do it again the following year. And then obviously I've left because of uh, current situations. But yeah, I'm, I'm proud. Uh, I'm glad I've done it. Yeah. Uh, that experience, take myself out of the comfort zone and put myself into a country that I don't even speak the language. I'm glad I can, I've learned. You know, I can speak a lot about Russian now. Uh, yeah, I just hope it it helps me get that next job when, mm. I, when I want to be manager, uh, that, I've, that I've gained valuable experience working abroad in Europa League. I just turned 39, so hopefully I can I can have a long career in this game. Yeah, and that's where you want to be, Peter. You want to be a manager. I like to give it a go, coach. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I've done it for what assistant now for ten years. I'm thinking I could do this myself. You know, it's, it's just that, that that bit inside me think I want to give it a go. Like everything else, I want to try abroad. I want to play. Yeah. If it if it's successful, great. If it's not, then maybe coaching's for me as, as assistant. But I'd like to give it a go. You know, I've I've, I've yeah. done a lot recently and. I think I can, I can, I can do it. Yeah, mm. Peter, it's been a pleasure chatting to you today around uh, your career and, and coaching cultures. Uh, we wish you every success and back getting back into the game very soon. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, Gary, mate.